from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Hello and welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have a music show for you called Just the Classics. But before we get to that, we'll bring you here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, June 24th. And in the studio, we have Shirley Lin. Hello. And I am Natalie So. And in this program, we'll be talking about Jane Goodall, who won the Tong Prize. And she shares thoughts about animals, of course, and COVID-19. Also, we'll be telling you about Mulas, a Formosan black bear who is doing just fine after being released into the wild. And our Taipei Arts Festival just started. We'll be telling you more about that. And also how Taiwan wants to become a bilingual nation by 2030. Those stories coming right up. Okay, so we have a big prize here in Taiwan called the Tang Prize. And it is given out um, to outstanding people who have made contributions in the areas of sustainable development, biopharmaceutical science, rule of law, and sinology. And for sustainable development, um, Jane Goodall was the winner. And uh, she's a British primatologist and the laureate of this year's Tong Prize. And, you know, she had some interesting things to say, actually. She said that if humans continue to disrespect nature and animals, another pandemic like COVID-19 may emerge. Mm-hmm. And she said that actually this pandemic was predicted for quite some time. Oh. And she said that, you know, if we don't, you know, start respecting animals, these things will continue to happen. So she said, everyone must realize that the fact that this pandemic struck us is our own fault. It's because we have disrespected the natural world and we've disrespected animals. Mm. And she said that animals are individuals with personalities, minds, and emotions. Therefore, they should not be treated as objects for human consumption and other, quote, terrible things. I mean, I think she does treat animals as individuals, yeah. right? She, she's lived um, with the animals and that was, you know, her life to study them and to um, help them. She said people should learn to interact with nature in a different way, uh, to do away with practices such as cutting down trees and polluting the ocean. And um, she said that, you know, for young people, she said that, you know, you should think about what you really want to do and work hard towards that goal. Um, She said when she was 10 years old, everyone laughed at her when she said she wanted to go live with wild animals in Africa Mm. and write books. Okay. But her mother actually encouraged her to do this, to work extremely hard, 
and um, take advantage of every opportunity to achieve her dreams, which she has done. Yeah. She is quite a woman, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, for her to already had that dream at the age of ten, I mean, that's amazing. I, I, I think I, I would laugh too. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I even it's know a kind what of I want. Crazy dream. Yeah, I don't think I even wanted knew what I wanted to do at the age of ten. I mean, wasn't even thinking that far. But I'm not surprised her saying that. You know, if we don't start loving this earth, you know, we're gonna encounter another uh, pandemic just like COVID-19. I'm not surprised saying that. I mean, definitely not. I do agree that 100% that COVID-19 was human caused. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, we need to love the earth more and really loving the animals and, you know, so many stray animals, just talking about strays in Taiwan. Mm. People think that it's cute and buy them and then take care of them. But once they get bigger and not that cute anymore, they just kind of abandon them on the streets. Mm. That's, that's a start. That's terrible. Right? Well, you definitely. know, having respect to animals and things like that. So, but I mean, consuming these rare kind of animals. I, oh, mean, that's, I, I mean, that's probably where it started, right? Yeah, in, in except these... that there are so many um, explanations about the cause of COVID-19. We don't really exactly know which one is the correct one, but it really is scary. I can't even imagine about, I mean, basically people are saying we should stay away from these rare kind of exotic well, we shouldn't kind of be animals. eating them and trading them, that's for yeah, sure, right? right. But if it's a habit of a certain you know, race of people, it's going to be really hard to break that kind of That's habit. true. It, it, it is very hard because when SARS happened, it was a similar situation. Yeah. And China actually ruled out, you know, the trade of these rare animals. And they did stop for a while, I think. But they started all over again. Oh. And, you know, of course, they shut down that wet market that they think, you know, the COVID-19 came from. Uh, the coronavirus. But who knows what will happen when things die down. Hopefully things will die down eventually. Yeah. The pandemic is still going strong in many areas. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. She actually had a few words for journalists like us, too. Yeah. She said the media also has an important role to play. She says the current trend of doom and gloom reporting makes people lose hope. Yeah. That's true. A lot of times when I open, I like, CNN or something, I'm like, mm-hmm. how depressing. I know I'm going to be in for a lot of depressing news. Yeah. So. I know. You know, I think we really need to change and report more on positive things. And I think, um, you know, sometimes a media kind of afraid that if they do something different from the norm, that they would lose, I don't know, listeners or readers or whatever. But they have to believe that positive energy actually brings about positive lives and, you know, hope and everything. We should be doing that. You That's know? true. And, and not we so need much, it too. Yeah, not so much digging for tabloid or, you know, like gossips or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't play in with, you know, people's minds. I think we should try to do what is right. I mean, even you yourself as a journalist, I mean, you want to get more positive energy at your work and you know That's just true. feeling positive about your own work you know right you want to be inspired by what we cover right or what we talk about yeah so i think that's interesting that she she talked about that she also talked about taiwan yeah she's visited taiwan 18 times uh-huh. you know yeah. she has strong ties to the country right so she said it was the first asian country i ever came to i have so many friends there I've had such amazing experiences there that this Tong Prize wouldn't make it stronger, but it will be one added wonder to my relationship with you. Mm. So, you know, the Tong Prize is a pretty big cash award of 1.35 million U.S. dollars. It's a pretty big deal. She also gets a 10 million NT dollar, which is about 300,000 U.S. dollar research grant, a gold Mm. medal, and a certificate. Right. Well, she's going to Definitely going to put into very good use. I'm sure, and she's very deserving. And yeah. um, congratulations to Jane Goodall.
The sound of the Amis tribe on Radio Taiwan International. All right, while we're on the subject of animals, I do want to tell you about one animal that made the news recently. It's a very cute Formosan black bear. Look, Shirley, isn't yeah. that the cutest thing? Uh huh. So his name is Moolas, and um, it was just released into the wild last month. And uh, so the Taidong Forest, you know, district office um, has been tracking it to make sure it's doing okay. It was orphaned as a male cub. Yeah, so it's still a cub. Yeah, it's still a cub. So it's it's really cute. Oh mm. my gosh, it's just really cute. <laughs> Those <laughs> eyes, that expression. It just looks like it's just very innocent and harmless and everything um so they cared for because they they found it and they mm. cared for it um for 10 months and they taught it the skills uh it needs to survive in the wild it was released in the middle of may and since then it has been uh moving about a pretty big range of about twenty thousand hectares mm. so it's been pretty active and they said mulas did not walk in straight lines between the points. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he traveled anywhere from 237 meters to 4.5 kilometers a day, an average of about two kilometers a day. And a lot of the distance involved climbing. So actually, you know, he climbed a lot. He said the total height he climbed over the course of a month would be equivalent to a 6,666 floor building. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's like climbing up and down Taipei 101 stairs 20 times. Oh, wow. So actually he's doing quite well. Yeah. You're thinking just only two kilometers a day. That's not too much. But if it's climbing, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So he climbed trees for fruit and beehives. He dug up some anthills, hunted some other wild animals. So um, he's doing pretty good. Well, that's really yeah, cute. Yeah, that's really yeah. nice to know that... Um, yeah, we are trying to take care of our endangered species, species here. Yes. Okay, Shirley. So Taiwan has a goal to become bilingual by 2030. Tell us about this. Okay, so uh, just recently on Sunday, President Tsai Ing-wen was saying that the government is going to be soon launching the 2030 Bilingual Country Project with the, pro uh, with the goal of making town a bilingual nation within 10 years. That's, That's not great. too far away. Yeah. That's hard, though. So, yeah, I know. And um, so then during a seminar on that day with some high school students, um, they, these students were uh, proposing that uh, uh, that the government would provide more opportunities, resources, and funding for international exchanges. And um, basically, President Tsai said that, oh, you know, she's going to take their suggestions into consideration, into work. And actually, she's already working on it with the Ministry of Education, of, uh, of working to that goal and wanting the government to think more and, and think bigger. And also, um, you know, that she's very much for inviting students to participate in the planning process to help make the solution more complete. 
And she said that one of the most important aspects of the project is actually to establish more English-speaking environment locally because we really don't have that right now, and to provide students with more opportunities to use the language in everyday communication. So Tsai emphasized the fact that mastering English is key for increased recognition of Taiwan internationally. You know, we want so much to globalize Taiwan.、Um, the younger generation of Taiwanese need to learn how to clearly explain to the international community what kind of country Taiwan is and what kind of values and people it has. That's what Tsai said, and she said that learning the language in Taiwan has always been a passive. Oh no, actually, this was something said by the students. They're saying that you know learning the language in Taiwan has always been passive rather than out of interest, and that the country lacks opportunities to put into use. So Tsai responded by saying that this is what you know the government is going to spend the next ten years working on, and she pointed out that、um, she had this goal、uh, even in her inaugural speech about turning Taiwan bilingual. She said that the problem with our education system is because of the emphasis on rote learning more so than. You know, speaking. Like speaking and that kind of stuff. So, she said that English education should be a comprehensive and socially transformative process. And what she meant by that is that it should become necessary for us to speak English,、um, so that it would be natural for us to speak the language. So,、uh, in addition to improved teaching in schools, Tsai proposed that a social environment should be created that would spur the need to speak English, making it more natural to use in everyday life. So this she sees as the most important challenge for the bilingual country project, and she hopes that students will no longer be limited to listening to teachers at school, but also to have more diverse educational options. She suggests that students、mm. can organize their own education agenda. That would be know, nice. Instead of just、Giving、you know going following the norm, yeah, and lead their own education and learn what interests them. And with the government providing more assistance and options to students, so yeah, I think there's a point there. If you let the students choose what they they are interested in, they'll be more willing to learn the English for the interests that they have. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah, and they'll probably remember more easily instead of through through you know rote learning that kind of stuff. Because I think that Taiwanese people are passive because they're shy to make mistakes.、Mm-hmm. But I think Taiwanese people—I mean, we're saying this again and again—is that they should not be afraid to make mistakes, to just say it, and、um, practice makes perfect. You know. So I mean, I think she's pinpointed two areas that she wants to work on. One is the education, right? I mean, that's、mm-hmm. one key. I think the、sure. current English curriculum is not. Uh, rigorous enough,、uh, right? It's way too easy.、Mm-hmm. So they definitely need to change that. And then also, she said an environment where people can practice. But、mm. how is she going to create that? Do you have any thoughts? I wonder. You know, unless you just get a lot more foreigners here, or、um, that for one, or or ABCs, you know, because <laughs> their yeah English is very natural to them. And I don't know if they. I mean, not just foreigners, but Oh, you mean American-born Chinese? Yeah.、Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about ABCs. Yeah, ABC, <laughs> the alphabet. No, no not the alphabet. <laughs> American-born Chinese or、uh-huh. American-born Taiwanese, whatever. Uh huh. Yeah,、um, that kind of thing. And I don't know. I think that、um, in schools, though,、um, unless you get like younger teachers in there, because I, I, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but you know, teachers, you know, who are older and who have been teaching English for like generations, if they had it. Wrong from the start, 
it's going to be very hard for、That's、them to shake、true. off the bad habits. That's true. And the wrong pronunciations,、That's、you、true. know, that kind of stuff. I mean,、yeah. a lot of the teachers that teach in elementary schools are not native speakers, so、mm. they have a Taiwanese accent. Right. Sometimes their grammar is not、right. perfect either. It's、mm-hmm. like a second language to them. Yeah. So I think we still have a long. I I really can't imagine us becoming bilingual in ten years. I know. I think we have a long way to go. We we do we do. But I think I mean I think that Tainan、uh, tried to accomplish that at least all of their. City, you know, documents or websites and all the signs. I think are bilingual. Yeah, I think Taiwan. I mean, can work first on right. that, right? And yeah, you know, actually,、um, I think recently I heard about、um, someone who's from Greek and married a Taiwanese wife, and then he, after mastered the Chinese language, he's now like a tour guide at some kind of historical、uh, museum or something like that. In where is it, Tainan, or maybe in in the suburbs of Taipei or something like that. And apparently, that he's not the only foreigner foreigner who's a tour guide. So obviously, they speak in English, actually.、Mm-hmm. And so you know, and it seems like some schools, some students from some schools, they're 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 excited about that because they'll they're willing to go to these museums and put on the you know the translation in English actually and get used to listening in English, which I think is great because they're welcoming more foreigners as tour guides rather than locals as tour guides. Yeah, I think that you know it could open up a lot of job opportunities for people. Yeah, if English becomes more prevalent,、mm-hmm. and I think if you start with people, the kids, right, four years old and five years old, they can learn English fine,、yeah. even if their parents are not fluent. If you give them the right environment, so exactly, maybe the next generation. Yeah, and we need more bilingual schools, right? right. More schools that have、um, a bigger English. Based curriculum,、mm. a lot of work to be done. But at least、yeah. she's a bilingual, right? She right. has a, she's fluent in English. Hopefully, she'll help us move in that direction. Listen, are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Next, we're going to tell you about the seven-week-long Taipei Arts Festival, which is coming up soon. Tell us about that, Shirley.、Um, its theme is called Super. And then certain marks after it, like the asterisk, and then the hashtag mark, and then a dollar sign, and a center sign,、mm-hmm. and question mark. Okay, so the concept of this super blah 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 represents the human desire to transcend humanity, and this is actually the idea of a Singaporean curator of the festival since 2018, Deng Fuquan. Yeah. So he's been helping up since 2018 with this arts festival. So that's very nice. And、um, he says that it also seeks to continue presenting the stage as an important gathering place. Basically, it's going to be featuring like 13 productions, including four that are, you know, with free admissions over the seven weeks starting end of July. Yeah, I was thinking like, you know, we're not totally open up the borders yet to. Others、um, coming in to Taiwan, but I guess if it's end of July, I suppose more and more com- countries will be, you know,、uh, welcome back into、um, Taiwan. But、uh, but I think、They、maybe most of cor- most of them have to do a quarantine of some sort. Oh yeah, and also maybe most of the most of the events are going to be more like online, like 
using Zoom or something. Well, anyway, there's going to be a total of 55 shows featuring local artists and troops, as well as ones from Japan, France, the Philippines, China, Thailand, Canada, and the United States. And the program is divided into three series: the pandemic program, the main program, and then the think bar. Now, one of the highlights of the festival is expected to be Manila Zoo, and which is a work in pandemic showing by Filipino choreographer, and making her third appearance at the festival through video conferencing tool Zoom. Okay, so Zoom is going to be used, I think, apparently for some of them or、artists. most of them. Yeah, this Manila Zoo is actually a work performed in English, and it's a critique of Disney's Empire of Happiness. And then there's also Horse, which is the name of a dance troupe here in Taiwan. I know, I, I almost interviewed them, but then the founder,、oh, really, he, he was, yeah, he, you know, the thing was that he doesn't think his English is that good to go on my show. So yeah, that was,、um, yeah, this is unfortunate. But anyway, and、um, it's a pretty popular dance group、uh, called Horse, and it's created with French choreographer Jerome Bell. So the think bar is to focus on the transmission of knowledge and experience through the lens of collective slash individuals, as well as memories passed through generations. So at a time when you know most summer arts festivals worldwide have been forced to cancel because of the pandemic, organizers are saying that they're very fortunate to be able to stage theirs. So I guess. Maybe the ones that can be staged would be by local、mm. organizers, I would、mm-hmm. say, and those who are contributing from abroad will be done through, you know, video conferencing. I suppose that would be quite, quite interesting to watch, I guess. And then the performances are to take place at several different venues, actually, and、um, including the Wellspring Theater, Taipei Backstage Pool, and Taiwan Contemporary Culture Lab. So there are all these things that are, we can look forward to in a month's time, which is not too far away. That's great! Seven weeks of yeah art shows. That's、mm. very exciting. Over fifty shows going on during those seven weeks, and、uh, let's end the program with a nice story about a father and daughter. Yeah. Okay. So、uh, this daughter, her name is Cai Xinjia.、Um, she had just gra-、uh, recently graduated, and.、Um, Actually got a pretty good job, but then she decided to quit that job to accompany her dad, who is、um, I think in Taizong, yeah Taizong,、um, because、uh, she just recently lost her mom like four years ago, and her dad fell into depression and everything, and、mm-hmm. he's only like fifty eight years old,、oh. and so the daughter decided to give up this good job and good pay to come back to Taizong to accompany her dad to help her finish his degree. Um, university degree, so、um, you know that meant like giving up a promotion that she almost had at her job, and she has two younger sisters, and they all don't live in Taizhou with their dad, and、mm. so she was really concerned and worried about her dad being alone at home. So she decided to just quit her job and move back to Taizhou, and、um, actually they would have to travel like fifty minutes one way to go to Zhanghua、wow. for. For, for the classes. classes, wow! Yeah, so the dad's been very good at attending all the classes in the evenings, actually, because he still works during the day.、Oh, wow. Because he and his wife actually started this、um, textile company together, and、um, you know, other than the times when he had to travel abroad, business on business trips, he never missed all the classes. He even had to take classes on Saturdays, and this meant her daughter with him together. You know, and he's like the oldest. At the、uh, Zhanghua Technology University,、uh, studying industrial management, you know,、uh, in the beginning, her daughter, his daughter, was concerned that maybe he wouldn't even know how to register himself. So he, she, you know, 
accompanying him to registration and then traveling and just sitting right next to him in, you know, in taking all the classes. And um, sometimes, you know, they'll be so rushed going to classes that both of them would have no dinner and just uh, rush off to class and everything. So basically, it seemed like, if I'm correct, that because she taking the classes with him, she ended up also um, applying for two certificates. Well, I good know. for her. She seems yeah. like a smart young lady. Right, right. And so, but the dad is very thankful to her daughter accompanying her and taking all the, through all the classes and ending up getting a degree and everything. But um, she, he, he hopes that she can find, you know, a, a suitable partner and get married, <laughs> you know, not sacrifice so much of her life for him. But um, this is a very heartwarming well, story, so don't you think? I'm yeah. sure it means so much to have um, his daughter right by his side, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think, hope that things go well for their future. And I think he's probably a bit happier now, huh? Yeah, that's right. All right. So uh, thanks for joining us. We're here in Taiwan. And uh, do stay tuned for Just the Classics. We're here in Taiwan. I'm Natalie So. And I'm Shirley Lin. We'll see ya. Welcome to the Just the Classics. This is Shirley Lin from Radio Taiwan International. My husband, Big John, has a music background. He used to belong to a band in college. The band was called Blue So, and they used to perform occasionally, well, actually more than occasionally, at a restaurant. And the place doesn't exist anymore in Taipei, but uh, he got to know a few singers while he was performing there, one of them being Taiwan's pioneer in rock music. Harlem Yu Yu Chen That's him singing right now. He's the creator of the first Mandarin rap song and the first person to experiment the style of R&B in Chinese music. Some of his songs are real classics. I mean, if you know me, I never memorize song names, but his songs I immediately recognize. This one is sung in the Taiwanese dialect. It's Sua Ding O Gao Hian.
So some of his songs are real classics, and they're mostly like really upbeat. Well, I might say that the upbeat ones are the ones that you can remember the most. So、um, he really knows how to curtail his songs and music to younger audience, just like this one. So Suadin Ogaohia is like you know, if you're talking about real brotherhood, this is a song you sing with your brothers. So I have been away from Taiwan for more than twenty years, actually close to thirty now. So I really don't know any of the local singers, and apparently Harlem came to our wedding when we got wedded in nineteen ninety one in August. Yeah, Big John and I. It was the year that I just come back to Taiwan, and I really didn't know Harlem you at all. Apparently he was at a wedding, and my husband. Big John and I didn't even saw him.、Um, we had like three hundred fifty guests at our wedding. I guess that he must have just stayed for the wedding ceremony itself and then left right after that. Anyway, Harlem has a reason for giving himself that English name, Harlem, because he loves to play. Can you guess? Basketball. So after we got married, you know, Big John wanted to really get together with him again and thought about how to go about doing that because they don't see each other a lot. And Harlem used to be very busy. Well, I guess he still is.、Um, so he, my husband, Big John, decided to get a group of you know male friends together, and invited Harlem and his male basketball buddies to to a game. Okay, not a serious one, just a game. In the end, Big John and his friends made a total embarrassment of themselves because they were totally, totally defeated by Harlem's team. Anyway, we're gonna have a、uh, listen to another upbeat song. How's that? Before we continue, how about "Let Your Mama Know"? This is a song for mothers. So get ready to boogie.
If you're just joining us now, it's just the classics, and I'm talking about Harlem Yu Yu Chengqing, who's like the godfather of rock music in Taiwan, and he's got some real classic upbeat songs under his sleeves. So I was talking about how he was actually at a wedding, though we didn't see him. He might have just come and just in a flash, and then left in a flash. And、uh, anyway, so I never really got to meet Harlem. Until I was visiting a friend at a television station, and I realized that he was,、um, you know, shooting on a set. 
He, at the time, he was co-hosting a super, super hot TV variety show called Super Sunday. And I actually went with my first child, you know, or still just a baby. And I was carrying her in a baby carrier and visited him during a break while he was shooting. I remember he came over to the backstage, marveled at the baby in my arms. I don't even know why I went. But anyway, um, you know, Han recognized me right away, you know, that I'm Big John's wife. Uh, Facebook wasn't a thing then, so I definitely think that he was at my wedding, so he recognized me, or that Big John sent him some pictures of the wedding afterwards or something. Anyway, it was kind of a fun experience going backstage during a TV shoot, and Han was just cool. He usually carries an air about him, you know? You know what I mean? I guess he has every reason to be, because he was super popular 20 years back. His music career started with his parents buying him an erhu. It's one of those traditional Chinese musical instruments, but he was never very good at it. And I guess his parents wanted him to just, you know, play a more uh, serious kind of instrument, I guess, even though they know that probably he's into music because I think his mom was into operatic singing. I mean, Chinese opera. And then um, anyway, so it didn't go well with the erhu. So his parents bought him a guitar. And that's when Harlem's music really, really took off. He started with liking Western music, covering Western music all the time. He was just very R&B, very rock. He has his own style and voice. His fans just loved him and rocked with him all the time. So remember I said that his songs are very upbeat. I'm going to play another one. This one is 报告班长, which means like, you know, reporting to the general. Bye. 
剪刀好不好？胡闹！合理的要求是训练，不合理的要求是磨练。混！你再混就要倒大霉，马上让你有当不完的兵。不要怀疑，就是你。到了这里，你会成为顶天立地的大男孩。离开这里，你会成为成熟独立的大男人。到了这里，你会成为顶天立地的大男孩。离开这里，你会成为成熟独立。Harlem now is on his second marriage. His first was quite a drama. He married someone much younger than he is, and、uh, actually, she was also a celebrity,、uh, a singer、uh, slash actor actress.、Uh, his mom was totally against that first marriage. She didn't like her at all. And、um, but the thing was that、uh, this first wife had an affair with a Chinese actor when she was shooting in China. So not long after that, they divorced Harlem and his first wife. They have a, a son from that marriage. The wife he has now—I actually met her in person, in fact, at an interview a long time ago, a job interview. She was a news anchor. She's pretty and she's nice and she's smart. And、um, I was applying for a part-time translation job at a TV station that she was working at. I talked to her, and I think she liked me、um, in the beginning. You know, when we chatted and. But afterwards, I did a terrible job at a translation test, and then I never heard from her again. And it wasn't until just a little bit later than that that I realized that Harlem was dating her. So、um, that was really quite interesting. I was hoping to get together with them and spend some time together, since Big John is still friends with Harlem.、Um, and that、uh, to say that I actually know them separately before before they got together. <laughs> Anyway, that would have been interesting, but I don't know if I want to bother their life now. Now that、uh, they they're parents to two children already, one boy, one girl.、Um, anyway, so Harlem is mostly working in China now, though,、um, as judges for different talent shows and variety shows or something like that. But、um, wish him well, and I hope they're not spending too much time separately. You know, one in China, the other one here in Taiwan, taking care of the babies and everything. But、um, yeah, I mean, actually, it would be great if we can get together and kind of、uh, reminisce on the old days, especially so for Harlem and Big John, since they've known each other before. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me on Just the Classics. I'm Shirley Lin, and one last song. This is "Lang Wo Yitz Ai Ge Go." This is not that rock though, but、uh, I bet it was written for. Uh, when he was in this relationship with his first wife, let me love enough. Let me love you enough for once.
走，没有别的等候。我的黑夜比白天多，不要太早离开我。世界已经太寂寞，我不要再。Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. 
in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Type A, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Type A, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.